Hey, good morning. Welcome everybody to the Seekers Quest. It's great to be here with you all and CC and Veda. How are you guys this morning? Fantastic. Good. I think Good. we should, I was just thinking we should have like a prayer, like something of that nature. Yeah. Do you want to leave us in a Something nice. You want to leave us in a prayer today? I don't know. Something like Nitai Goranga Goda Hari. We can start off with something like that. Next. I was thinking we could have a, you could have a prayer of intent. So by the topic that we are going to discuss, we could have some prayer about that topic. Hmm? So, as we are planning to discuss understanding the concept of destiny, so I can start with the prayer related with that. You want to do that? Yeah, that'd be great. So, my dear Lord, please guide us as we try to explore and understand this complex concept of destiny so that we are able to accept the things that are not in our control and work on the things that are in our control and see that both of these are ultimately in your control, that your infallible plan is working in our lives in all situations and that you are drawing us forever closer to you. Wow, that was beautiful, Cece. <laughs> Thank you. Thank he's, you. He's, he's on it, man. <laughs> he, he is. I feel the sincerity just like. Um, so, yeah, today we're going to talk about destiny. And I'll just give everyone kind of the background on how we decided to talk about this topic today. Um, after, yes, after the last episode, we were all talking and kind of catching each other up because we'd all had kind of individual conversations, but we hadn't, me, Veda and CC hadn't all talked together for a while. And what happened was last week, CC and I got super inspired to start this Bhagavad Gita podcast, this, um, this 20 minutes a day of reading and discussing the Bhagavad Gita. And I think he just like threw it out and I was like, yes, let's do it. Let's start it next week. And so then we just, we just started it. And Veda was gone. Veda was um, in, where was the first place that you went? Belgium. And then he went to Austria. So we tried to call Veda, but there we didn't really, we weren't able to get a hold of him. And then I tried to like call him a couple times after that, but he, it was just like, we just were missing connecting. So CC and I just went forward with it. And then it came to like the day of, and I was going to advertise it, but I felt weird advertising it without like talking to Veda about it because we were doing it like as a seeker's quest and <laughs> we hadn't talked to Veda. And so um, I, I called him, actually, I left him a voice memo and again, we were going to connect and it didn't happen. Anyway, then, then one night I'm chanting like in the middle of the night and he calls me and I, and I pick up and I'm like, Veda, like, I want to advertise this program, but I haven't talked to you yet. And I would just feel badly if you saw it advertised and, you know, you're not on it because it was just like such a spur of the moment thing. And, and I haven't talked to you about it yet. And he said, um, and I was like genuinely concerned that he would like see it and feel like, um, oh, can everybody make sure they're on mute? Oh, yeah. Rom. Here, I'll mute you. Um. 
is it, yeah, Ramananda, could you? Oh, I'll meet you. We're good. And I was like genuinely concerned that he, um, but I don't know, like feel left out or which would be super reasonable because, you know, we're like the three musketeers. And, um, and his response was, he kind of like almost like laughed at me, like that I, that I was concerned that he would care. And he's like, no, Radha Pradeep. He's like, nobody, nobody can determine my destiny or, or, that was the quote, wasn't it, Veda? And when he said it, I it like nobody, almost brought tears to my can, eyes. I'm nobody like, can steal my destiny. I think, I think the quote was nobody destiny. can steal steal my destiny. Thank you. That was the quote. But when he said it, it like brought tears to my eyes. One because I was like, oh good, okay, he's he's cool with this. And the other because it was just like such a profound thing to say. And and it was to me like such a testament, like wow, he's like really living this stuff. He's not making this podcast about him or, you know, his, like, he's just, he's just trying to serve and he's happy wherever that goes and takes him. And uh, it really, I was like, it like, I already have tons of respect for Veda, but it, it really was like, it was impressive because he's like walking the talk. Um so anyway, so then it, we were, I was sharing that story with CC, and then CC said, "Oh, that's a great quote. That should be a theme." So <laughs> that's our theme for today. <laughs> mm. So Veda, you are the topic today for us. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I shouldn't be on the call because you guys are going to talk about it. Without you, we can't talk about it. Yeah, then you'd like then- to. When we got on this morning, Veda, you weren't on. And I was like, he said he's going to join, but I hadn't heard from him this morning. I'm like, maybe you start thinking about another topic in case he doesn't join. <laughs> she's just like, I can't do it with that. We can't do it without him. But you're here. So this is great. This is destiny. Now we, now we can all discuss it. So, two things. I'll just start with it. So this is such an insightful quote, insightful thought. I asked Veda, how did you come up with it? He just said that this is my life. I've experienced this. I would like him to elaborate on it. But before I do that, this pen cannot steal my destiny from me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it is, seems to be stealing at least my time. What's happening here? Okay. So, still not. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we just this point of wow. nobody can steal my destiny from me. So this is I just give some quick thoughts about what, what struck me about me about the thought. So and then I added something to this, which also I'll add, and then I'll hand over to Veda. Now the word destiny. Uh, can mean many things to many people, but broadly those meanings range on two things. You know, in one sense, what is already fixed? <clears throat> by our past. By our past karma, you can say. So we all bring some from our past if we are in our life right now. So it, this is our present life. We had a life before that, many lives before that. So we, when we enter into this life, you can say we have a 
karma baggage. The word baggage sometimes has negative connotation, but just here I'm using the functional sense as positive and negative. And this karma baggage is called as destiny. This has been created by unresolved karma from our previous lives. So unresolved past karma. So there is a certain positive and certain negative about it. And this to some extent can determine the starting point in our life, you know, which family we are born in, what kind of genes we have, which will also determine the, maybe to some extent at least our height, our complexion, our maybe our IQ level, whatever. The starting point is determined. And after that, certain intermittent major events in our life may also be determined by this destiny. So this is the broad understanding of destiny that what is already fixed by our past karma. Now, another understanding of destiny is also, you could say, what is potential and is likely to manifest. So, for example, I was in Canada and I think I mentioned this. I was staying at one devotee's house and his son, I saw some pictures of him with some trophies. So he was the under 10 uh, among the first or second chess champions in Canada. And he said that when he was four, he saw his father playing and he came and said, what are you doing? And he just learned it so fast. And in the second or third game that he was playing with his father, he defeated his father. So you could say some people are just phenomenal talents. So here we might say that this person, somebody is destined for greatness. Some people just have such a phenomenal talents. Some people are music, music prodigies. Some people are sports prodigies, whatever. So this is similar sense, but there's a significant difference. It's like, this is something which is, it is potential. It is likely to happen, but it also requires endeavor from that part, that person. So here when you say destined for greatness, what we are saying is there is talent over there. But that talent, for it to come to achievement, to accomplishment, there is a process required for it. And what is primarily required is commitment. That person has great talent. They have to practice properly. They have to train themselves to excel in that field. And then they will grow. So my understanding is that he is talking more in the second sense. That nobody can steal my destiny from me. So with that meaning in mind, I would add one sentence over here. Nobody can steal the destiny from me except me. So what is potential within me, if I don't uh, work to manifest it, then that potential may stay unmanifested. We all probably know people who are, uh, to use the harsh word, wasted talents. They could have done so much, but maybe they got into the bad company, they got into unhealthy association, just never could pull their act together. And then so much of what they could have done, it's all remained dormant. So, Veda, so this is my commentary on your comment. Hmm? <laughs> How much of it is correct, wrong? I love it. I, 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 I truly love it. One thing that I often, often think about is how your potential part of the destiny 
it's 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 almost uh invisible to the one that's living it because they're so in it that they're not able to see their own potential and so it almost needs one person to to from the outside to point it out or you have to almost zoom out of yourself to see your potential but it's it's that uh it needs a particular lens of someone who's your true friend and is not jealous of you so it's a it's a spiritual quality that one has to a spiritual lens that one needs to have in order to see the potential in all beings so for me i i like when you pointed this uh, potential aspect of the destiny of course you know i also like the first part where you say we all come in with a particular bag you know everyone comes into this world with a bag and in that bag you know they have accumulated all this uh different uh you know different uh toys we call material desires and 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 different uh you know karmic bags and within this bag when we live our life we unravel and we unpackage each and every one we're going to get all kinds of stuff but hey it's our bag it's 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 what we have come to this world with so you know it's not like someone can just take that bag away from you it's your bag you don't go to a school lunch and and someone just steals your lunch bag it it, it rarely happens so i feel like that in this mature world whatever we are meant to be we're going to be we just have to make sure that we are able to work in that direction or have someone point us that potential that's that's hidden within us and that's why i was telling rada priti she seemed so concerned and worried that she's offended me and hurt my feelings she betrayed me or you know of course because she's sensitive she's she's thinking of all these things and in my mind in my mind i'm like how can how can you how can you betray me how can you take anything away from me the bag is with me you don't have my bag yeah <laughs> so i think i think he literally laughed at me <laughs> like... but but it's a it's a it's it's a serious issue in the world though you know when we're working together how come you didn't tell me you know you should have told me first before you did it you know in the, in the real world or in the material world we we fight about things like that Well, in all fairness, it would be kind of I mean, that's kind of crappy to do to a friend. <laughs> It's you're not attached because you're not attached to this for your own ego. You're just trying to serve people. So in that way, it's you're it's almost like funny to you because you're like, "No, if that's where the service is, you guys do the service and if this is where the service is, I'll do the service." But in material world, people like when people are doing something or like pursuing an endeavor, there's a lot of the motive a lot of the motivation comes from the ego so and part of relationships is kind of like you know we have to respect each other's egos to some extent to have healthy relationships i mean ideally we're working on kind of shedding them together but at the same time that they're a reality so we have to you just don't have any ego as it is for this i feel <laughs> I once said that I don't have an ego but I was like what a silly question <laughs> we're here 
to to share our realization and our and our experiences in this practice of bhakti. And that's what we're doing. That's what Seeker's Quest is all about. Together we're going on this journey. So why is Radha concerned that they're talking about these beautiful topics from the Bhagavad Gita? That was that's what I was thinking. I was like, why is she disturbed? There's something else going on. <laughs> because that question didn't make sense. But but it all makes sense because you know you're sensitive, you're you're very uh, careful not to uh, hurt anyone else's feelings. So you acted like a Vaishnav, one like a like a like a genuine soul, a spiritual soul. And I was laughing at it because I thought, like, duh, you know, like, <laughs> it's do that to you. So, yeah. But mm. Sisi did a really good job with these three levels of uh, destiny. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing you what you're talking about also. I don't, I don't know whether it's visible. So what I said is that, are you disturbed? That's what Radha is saying. Do they say that? I'm not disturbed. Why would you think I'm disturbed? Actually, Veda is, I'm disturbed that you think I would be disturbed by this. <laughs> CC made a cartoon of us. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, so, you know, we could talk about this point of individual, different people valuing different things. And that's why one thing disturbs one person, another disturbs another person. But that would be a different topic. Maybe we can do it later. But I was talking about this point of destiny. So when Veda said, it's my bag with me, if you can't steal it. You know, sometimes we may feel, and at least this bag, we may wish somebody stole it. <laughs> you know, somebody steals away my suffering. <laughs> so all the negativity that is in my life, if somebody would steal it away, that would be so cool. But uh, it's not that simple. It's a uh, sometimes I put the law of karma in in say contemporary practical terms. What you cook, you will have to eat. So better cook well. <laughs> if you are cooking bad things, you will have to eat them. And what we are cooking essentially is our own consciousness. You know, the kind of desires we have, the kind of thoughts we cultivate, the kind of emotions we entertain. Afterwards, we have to live with that consciousness. So, even if you don't talk about karma in terms of some future reactions that may possibly come, the karma is instantly there in terms of the effect on the consciousness. So, when we say, let ourselves crave for something, then what happens is that craving itself leads us to a state of dissatisfaction. So, now you could say craving itself is dissatisfaction, but I'm talking about craving in more terms of a desire, and dissatisfaction is more in terms of a state. So, a strong craving might be there for some time, but if we just fuel it, fan it, and we let it grow, then even if that craving goes on for some time, it will overall create 
a sense of dissatisfaction within us yeah so in that sense the bhagavad gita says that this is rajasas rajasa is the mode of passion rajasas to phalam dukham that if we cultivate the mode of passion we're constantly craving and slaving for things the end result of that is is dissatisfaction distress so in that sense we can see karma in action uh, quite quite quickly also and so while we can't get rid of this baggage it is what we can definitely do is we we can by our injurious actions we can pile on top of that baggage also which often makes things worse so like some people are in a bad place and when they are in a bad place they end up trying to escape from it by choosing some addictive habit or addictive indulgence and after that they end up the bad place they are still there but on top of that they got an addiction so that would be quite unhealthy but uh, i i can go ahead but you would like to comment on this before we move forward i always think like it's so nice to sort through what is in the bag you know and i think that sorting through what is in the bag is 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 really critical to uh to one's individual stability and i feel that intelligence buddhi yoga through our intelligence and of course having a teacher guiding us through the process of sorting through the bags then it's easier to okay this is you know uh, something that you may not no longer need it anymore you know you have this beautiful package box you know it's your anger box and the teacher might say hey you know maybe you know this box may no longer be useful to you because you know this this anger could possibly jeopardize you know your future course of your destiny so i think that sorting through your karmic baggage understanding that that whatever happens you know you are going through this karmic baggage and you're sorting through it and and accepting it that that is your bag instead of saying hey this is not mine why the hell is this in my bag no it's in your bag you brought it with you you may have forgotten that it's your bag but it's your bag so so i i always look at uh destiny like that you know a big package where we get all kinds of goodies and it's fascinating to go through it all and not to be carried away by opening uh packages that are that you wish you didn't pack in your previous life but the fact of the reality is you did it you know so you might as well just take it out of your bag and 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 take the weight off of you so that you no longer have to carry it to your next life you know so that's the way i look at sorting through the the karmic bag what do you think rana this is a, i was thinking in terms of pendulums oh so, boy yeah oh boy we might have, how many pendulums are you going to give us today cc on the pendulums i should tell you though yesterday i was I'm in Bulgaria doing some work with one of the musicians here making special kind of spiritual music and 
and he was sitting there. When I walked into his studio, he was sitting there watching The Secrets Quest. And I said, what are you doing, Ivan? He goes, I saw a title, because I subscribed to the channel, I saw the title. It says, Five Pendulums. So I wanted to know what pe Five Pendulums is all about, so I clicked it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why Radha is going, oh, no. <laughs> okay. We love your pendulums. I was just giving you a hard time. I love your pendulums. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Before I go into the pendulum, Radha, you wanted to comment something? No, you go into the pendulum first. <laughs> Okay, so based on what Veda was saying, I was simply depicting that, that you mainly talked about how we deny the baggage, how we resent the baggage, yeah. but it's like we packed it in our previous life. And probably those of us who are travelers, of frequent travelers, you know, uh, we sometimes have some baggage, bag. I didn't really need this, why am I traveling with all this? But then, say, if we, ha we have it a bag with us and we are maybe on a trek outdoors. You can't just abandon it. Maybe you can waste it, but it's not possible for us in you know, respect to internals. But just because the bag is there, I don't have to pile on it. Okay. If I have some cotton or something and I pour water on it, then that cotton is going to become heavier with water. So, okay, I avoid it. Now, with the said, you can remove it. I, I find that this, while the conditioning is there, the weight of it has two parts to it. The one is its, it's very presence that has a weight out of it. And then there is a perception of it, the attitude towards it. So quite often we may not be able to remove the presence, but the perception can be changed. That means it's a part of this itself, the other side. If I am resenting that I am like this, say if I am if I am short, and I could constantly be resenting I'm short or I'm dark or I'm this way or I'm that way. And that itself becomes a huge burden. But if I accept, okay, this is what it is. Okay, I'm short and uh, you know I'm a little uncomfortable that I'm short. But okay, this is how I am and it, it functionally, there are some limitations of what I can do, what heights I can reach. But beyond that, life goes on. If I accept it, then the attitude, perception, that changes, that burden can decrease substantially. So, say, mm. the similar point I would say that with respect to Odweda was talking about we doing the course together. The, the fact is that Veda was not involved, but the perception that maybe Veda would be worried about it. That was burdening Radha. And then that went away. So for all of us, there is some part of the burden that we can definitely uh, cast aside. It is in some ways uh, the burden on top of the factual burden that we have put or that we are unconsciously even putting. We can get rid of that. Mm, you know, when I look at this pendulum, I think like... Um we all carry stuff from our past conditioning or our past lives, but like anything like from anger issues to abandonment issues. Like if you have these things inside of you that you find yourself often triggered by in various relationships, you could 
deny it and always blame it on the other person. I think that's like an easy way out and something that that probably a lot of, of people do. Uh, but what you'll see is it keeps coming up in different relationships. Um, and then maybe you, and in that, you may keep choosing relationships also that aggravate that. Like if you have abandonment issues, you may keep choosing people that are unavailable in one way or another, maybe emotionally or physically unavailable. And so that's, you're kind of aggravating your own issue. Um, and all, both these things are kind of keeping you from actually dealing with the issue that's happening inside of you. And that's where that middle of the pendulum is accept, because if you can accept these things about yourself, it's like the first step it's one, it's like the dawn of your spiritual awakening. <laughs> and it's like the first step to actually being able to change it because no one can really change it for you. You're, you're really like, like we're saying, you're really res responsible for that karmic package. So you're responsible for changing it. And so once you accept it and you, and you say, okay, this, this is, this is where I am. Then the next step is, okay, what can I do about this? And maybe that's a combination of like spiritual practices, psycho like maybe talking to a therapist or various things. But then what ends up happening is once that changes inside of yourself, the behavior doesn't have to propagate outside of yourself. Like you're not going to keep choosing relationships that endorse that narrative. And on the other side, you're not, I mean, if you're fixing, if you're like dealing with it and you're kind of have a pulse on where you are, you're not going to get in this pattern of denying it, which also to your point, CC leads to more, could oftentimes leads to more destructive behavior, like maybe ha having to mask it with substances or what have you. So it's, it's so crucial to our spiritual practice to like such a, such a big part to unearth those things inside all of us. Right. You know, Robin, yeah. When you say, you know, this whole principle of acceptance, I like it a lot, but sometimes when we accept it and there is, isn't a proper, uh, reason as to why we accept it if that was not if intelligence was not involved in the process of acceptance then i feel that what happens is one takes the blame and it turns into this whole guilt complex mm -hmm. so i think acceptance is good otherwise if someone tells you oh you're so stupid and you're like yeah i accept i'm stupid <laughs> and then you just like yeah i'm stupid i'm stupid and then oh my god you know you get into this very dark space so there has to be intelligence involved in this process of acceptance because and that's where in 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 this vedic yoga practice in this bhakti practice there is a very important role of the teacher that tells you hey you should not be accepting the fact that someone's calling you stupid that is not acceptable and that's where the, the the teacher comes in or a friend comes in and you know a higher consciousness comes in to make sure that you don't go dig deeper into this rabbit hole so i think that i love this whole acceptance concept a lot because it solves a lot of problems but it can also cause some negative effects so that's something that i just thought you know, because I love acceptance. I just thought I should, you know, 
for the other side of it because we could really, really change our destiny right there, you know, if I keep beating myself down because I'm so stupid. Veda, you just always poke at my <laughs> things. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm like impressed or like a little pissed off. <laughs> I'm getting back at you for like <laughs> not asking my permission. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's what you said is so true because then th- that's exactly what ends up happening. Then you're like. Yeah, you go down the rabbit hole of feeling bad about yourself, which I feel like that's the point where you really have to, like like you said, choose good association. Um, like if you were in toxic relationships, choose a relationship of somebody who really loves you unconditionally or as much as unconditional as possible in this material world. But um, choose someone that's 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 more there for you. Or if it's teachers, choose choose teachers that bring you up. And uh, that that can actually be hard when your narrative is 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 kind of low for yourself because it's likely that you'll choose people that endorse those narratives. So I don't know. That could be hard, Veda. I feel like you came yeah. into my life. I feel like Veda came into my life at a time where Veda is one of those people who really like brought my narratives up, and my husband's another one of those people who brought my narratives up, but. When you're in the midst of it, how do, I feel like Krishna just gifted them to me. But if, if how, how do you attract those people if if you're not quite there yourself? You just find people like CC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't accept your non-acceptance of acceptance. but uh, i appreciate what you're saying let's say that we talk about how our identity is multi-level and how we have we have a fundamental identity that is spiritual and then that is we are all souls We are all precious, beloved parts of God. That is our spiritual identity. And then we have various functional identities. So these functional identities can be related with our relationships. All these are functional identities. So it could be related with our IQ level. It could be related to our height, weight. It could be related with our um, education finances, relationship status, so many things, maybe nationality. Looks. So now, looks, yeah, height, height, looks very much more. I had yeah. a friend who only wanted to hang out with me because it made him look like he was the most handsome one in the group. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he liked the way he looked. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's an expert way of subverting expectations. I actually asked him, I said, why do you hang out? Oh, why are you my friends? He said, because when I'm around you, I look really handsome. And I'm like, whoa, what was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. 
So go ahead, sissy. Sorry, didn't mean to cut it's you. Really, a polite way of it's really a polite way. It's a polite way of insulting someone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that. Wait, I don't know if that's really a friend for you. Like that. That friend might be not bringing your consciousness up. <laughs> but you know, some if people don't you, say like it, but they actually you. mean that. You know what I mean? But he was uh, he was so honest with me, and I loved it because you know he was always. You know, honest with <laughs> some people may be hanging out with me for that reason and wouldn't tell me that, and I'd be like, okay, this guy must really like me. But you know, I don't know what's going on in his head. Mm-hmm. If ahead, I say sister. I like to hang out with you with guys because you make me feel clever, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even be insulted, CC, because you are so up there that like. The fact that we can even communicate, I feel good about. If I'm being honest, so you don't have the intelligence to understand that it was an intelligence. It was an insult. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, but maybe my standards are low. I'll take it. <laughs> you know, maybe in future we could do this podcast. I was asked this funny, among the funniest questions I've been asked. Mm-hmm. Once a person came very with a serious face. If I insult for someone, and that person doesn't get the insult, then do I get the karma for insulting that person? <laughs> Just thinking, if you are so aware of karma, why even take the risk of insulting someone? <laughs> But <laughs> what do you answer to that? Do they get the karma? Well, our karma depends on three things. what the action that we do the intent of the action and the results of the action so, so all three matter in the quantity the quantity of the karma like say if somebody wants to also rob a bank and they don't succeed in robbing the bank because the security is too tight uh, legally are they culpable well they're not culpable they surely had the intent to rob the bank mm-hmm. but suppose they had the intent to rob the bank they robbed the bank But then, what they rob is such a small amount of the bank. It doesn't matter at all. Suppose, suppose there's no result. The action is done, but there's no result. Or uh, somebody poisons someone, and they're taking some medicines because of which that poison has no effect on them. Well, they're still poisoned. And so I would say it. All three factors are important. What we do, why we do, and what happens because of it. Hmm. Generally, the result comes out, then the cul- culpability becomes more. Just because the result has not come doesn't mean the culpability is not there at all. Hmm? But anyway, that's a whole good different analysis. subject. I don't want to go off track. No, that's good. So mm. they get two thirds of the karma if you didn't take insult because their intention well, was there and their that... action was there. Well, karma is not that simply mathematical, but <laughs> yeah, you could say the master of the karma will come. So anyway, in the point uh, coming back to acceptance, that it say that I have to. sometimes we have to accept that certain parts of our functional identity may be deficient that okay i may be short you know if somebody says i'm stupid okay yeah maybe my iq is not high maybe my eq is not high maybe is there something called mq mq is musical intelligence my musical intelligence is definitely not high so i accept that that accepting is not a problem but the problem when it comes i think is when we equate this with our whole identity mm. means this particular okay you're stupid somebody says so stupid means 
it will functionally it might be true that some people are say not good at math some people are not good at remembering things some people are not good at what might be considered to be in conventional mainstream education signs of intelligence and they are we call stupid so now if i deny that reality as a part of my functional identity there is going to be a problem if i suppose somebody if i am not very good at music and then i still decide i'll be a part of a orchestra well people will have to orchestrate me out of the orchestra otherwise nobody will be able to tolerate it so so accepting the functional aspect that is that is not only okay it may be essential but mm, but when we equate that with the essential identity that's where when said guilt comes in self doubt or self loathing comes in so we accept okay now this is this is wrong we one side this is a pendulum i got to the middle of the pendulum without the 60 so one extreme is we refuse to accept functional limitations and we all have certain functional limitations they may just be in different areas the other side would be that we equate the functional limitations with our essential identity oh i couldn't do well in exams in school therefore i am a loser hmm with our core identity but in between would be a more balanced state where for example we have this that i accept the functional limitation but then i see i can say i emphasize or i assert mm, our fundamental value fundamental goodness fundamental value fundamental divinity spirituality all these are associated with who we are so when we are talking about go- having good guides and teachers so they remind us that okay whatever has happened there is a core goodness to us now say somebody has had been abused before and like some some people are just born in localities where there are abusers some people enter into relationships where they end up abused so i if that has happened with uh, someone maybe they have to admit that i don't always have the best judgment in the relationships so maybe i shouldn't rush into relationships that that functional limitation is fair enough denying that could get a person into a lot of trouble but just mm. because say i don't have the best uh, interpersonal intelligence doesn't mean that i am valueless there are other things of value within us and ultimately even at the functional level there will be other things of value what to speak at a fun- fundamental level is always irreducible irremovable value for us this is such a nice point because if we're caught up in the material conceptions of our identity it's it's we're really just by default super attached to it so if it shifts a little bit because that's where we're getting our our stability and our where our so-called stability and our and our um identity if it shifts a little bit then we're we're kind of sh- sh- shook shook a lot 
we're shifted a lot ourselves. But if we're really grounded in what is our actual identity, our spiritual identity, it's even easier to to kind of lessen the grip on what we perceive as our material identity. And in that way, it gives us a lot of room to kind of dig into that karmic bag and and clean it out in like a really real, authentic way with perspective that it's not our actual self. And the, and the other thing too is when we get to that point and we're connected to our to our real spiritual identity and we have a sincerity that we really do want to do some of that work and clean out, Krishna kind of, he comes in and, and gives us and helps us if we ask for it. You know, I was just saying, how, how do we attract those people? When I think back, I'm like, I think you just ask Krishna and he'll give it to you. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> when when you talk about this acceptance, you see, and I'm hearing Radha Priti, then, you know, my mind immediately goes to this acceptance. True acceptance really comes when there is humility, right? If there's no humility, there is it's hard to accept. Like, you can't tell me to accept something because my ego is going to stand in the way, whether it's functional, where it's my, it, it's my core, or it's my, you know, it's anything to do with me. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me who I am, what I am. There's going to be a lot of resistance. So in this whole process of acceptance, I think requires a tremendous amount of humility in, in the, in the, in the process of like in the process of true acceptance. So that's something I was thinking of when you're putting this acceptance. It sounds so simple, as Radha would like to say, it is so simple. In my mind, it's like, no, man, I I just know I was one of those kids, didn't want to accept anything. And so, and, 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 and humility again is really understanding your spiritual identity. When there is humility, that means there is an understanding of your spiritual identity, your position in this world. Then we can actually accept. So it feels like it's like this full, you know, uh, full circle that goes in 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 true acceptance. Yeah. In some ways. Humility is, uh, in the Gita, there are 20 attributes you're talking about. There's a list of 20 attributes of wisdom. How can we know some person, a person is wise? If a person has these 20 attributes, you can say that they are wise. And the first in them is humility. And of this is 13.8 to 12 in the Bhagavad Gita. And there, the commentators also explain, if we consider humility to be like a majestic building, a home, sorry, wisdom to be like the home in which we can shelter ourselves, like a shelter, a home for us, then the door of that home, the only way we can enter into that home and have shelter, that door is pretty. So 
none of the other sheltering attributes of wisdom we can have unless we have humility now yes a person can have insight a person can have detachment a person can have great memory and other things and yeah all those are you could say signs of wisdom but without all of without humility none of those will actually give a person shelter i may have great insights but if i don't have humility while sharing my insights i'll constantly be comparing hey is anybody else giving a better insight than me and if that person gives a better insight rather than feeling enriched by that i start feeling insecure so even my i may have other attributes of wisdom but wisdom will not be shelter if i don't have humility i may have sense control i may have self discipline all those are good things there are many attributes of wisdom but the shelter of wisdom comes when we enter the house of wisdom through the door of humility mm and you know i think back to our story i feel like that is um that that was where vedo was coming from when he wasn't where he didn't even think that how could i be offended because he he wasn't making it about him he it was he was he took a very his his stance was a very humble one so in that way he he was able to not be attached i don't know if i was humble no what I, were I think, you i think i was just more realistic <laughs> <laughs> like like i was like it, it, for me it was just a matter of fact i was just thinking you know like how can how can anybody take something away from me there's no one that can take anything away from me they didn't give it to me in the first place how can they take something away so i i in my in my mind i it was it was i don't know i don't consider myself humble at all so i just i sometimes i just look at things as a matter of fact like from my perspective i was like you know this is my reality i know i'm here in this world i have my bag and this is my bag and rather pretty isn't going to take my bag away from me <laughs> no one else no one in this world can so i i i thought more, more as a matter of fact i don't have a lot of humility but i try to practice humility every day by knowing my position in the world that i'm a simple humble or aspiring humble servant so that is my position in this world so because i know my position clearly in this world or i or i or i would like to think that i know my position in this world and then i i try to respond from there so for me it's more like a matter of fact i don't know what's your take on that cc you know i'm trying to draw what you are saying but then in drawing i have to anticipate you and you always defy my anticipation <laughs> subvert my expectation <laughs> so i tried to say something here that that if something is supposed to come to us and somebody takes it away something was with us and someone takes it away from us well 
what it means is i was a leader of my class and uh, this happened to me in, when i was in school and i was the monitor of my class and somebody else became the monitor they did some politicking and other things so in one sense they took that away from me but then eventually the teacher the our class teacher she, she made me like the more like the study leader of the class monitor was more for discipline the study leader I said, hey this is i love this much more i don't like being monitor where i have to do logistical things so in one sense i lost something but if something was some leadership role was meant to come to me it came to me in some other role mm. so so if something is meant to come to us it will come in that sense nobody can steal it away from us that person may seem to steal away one particular form of it but that that thing will come to us through some other channel to some other pathway and in that sense if we understand this concept of destiny that what is uh, meant now we are talking more about the positive package over here the negative uh, that if some some part of the positive package is going to come to me and this particular might be an person might be an instrument but somebody else would be also so for example somebody might uh, have a bad boss and yeah it's it's a difficult situation but then if we are meant to have a good experience in our workplace by our karma baggage that is there then we'll find that maybe there are some other colleagues who are very pleasant and warm and overall that bad that bad boss is not pleasant but that doesn't have to occupy a large part of our consciousness okay mm-hmm. there but i don't have to daily interact with my boss as a whole team over here there is another team leader or team leader who is interacting with the boss then it doesn't affect us so much so and if something is taken away from us and it is not coming back then that means that maybe it was never meant for us so in that sense nobody can steal what is meant for steal our destiny away from us that was like yeah. a beautiful way to sew it all together i feel like yeah i love <laughs> it either good or bad would would be something that i add to that yeah even something bad is going to happen i may avoid a particular person because in that person particular person is very unpleasant and sometimes you go to a party or a get together and you are determined to avoid a particular person and when you try to avoid that person at all costs you just hang out with anyone and that person is just as nasty if not more nastier than the other person we wanted to avoid that can also happen at times yes so yeah you want me to summarize is that in my yes. destiny today yeah so we started with the quote about no one can steal our destiny and that that i discussed two meanings of the word destiny it's like the past baggage and the potential so then we discuss the potential has to be tra- we have to work to translate into action but with respect to the past baggage the the past baggage is at one level it is unchangeable but what is unchangeable is the presence that certain negatives will be present in our life but what is changeable is the prominence we give to those pre- that presence that that how much do we think about it 
how much do i do we dwell on it that say if i am short if i don't have a good high iq how much do i dwell on it that is changeable and in that sense if we explore our karmic baggage whether it's sort of about you know sorting our bag sorting our karma bag so if we sort something out then actually we can come to a certain level of acceptance within it so that ex- the, we talked about uh, on one side is denying that ends up aggravating on one time the other side is equating with our core self mm. so we are talking here about certain negative negative karma baggage that can become in a particular limitation for us equate with our core id but in between we could have mm, we accept as a functional limitation and we see our and assert or emphasize our core spirituality or core identity and the last part of this is how this is helped by acceptance is becomes easier when we have humility humility in one sense just means being real okay this is where i am at this is where i can go and with this humility we turn back and we like through the whole circle that okay i have certain things which i can't change about me but what the other if somebody is suppose apparently stealing something from me and actually what they are doing is if they're stealing either they can't if it was meant to come hmm they can't if it is meant to come it will come in some other way or if they can then it was never meant to come so in that sense this is this is also part of acceptance so i think you can accept that i didn't leave too many points out that was that was a good summary it's my destiny right now thank you yeah. thank you so much hari krishna